<clears throat> man, you you really don't sound good. You know what, man? <laughs> I've been sick for five days. I've yeah. been in bed reading Twitter, listening to Metallica. Buckle up. Uh, it is Tuesday. It is the 31st day of January. Yep, January. 31st day of January. Am I recording? I am recording. All right. <laughs> so, the only checkbox apparently that I have to check, and 50% of the time, it goes unchecked. Actually, I think it was just uh, the once, but we just got to double checking yeah, is a, the joke, right? Yeah. Checking is the joke. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is Tuesday. It is, uh, it is on taking pictures uh, uh, coming to you from the, the dumpster fire that is the American democracy. Oh, boy. Uh, here we go. Go ahead. Here we go. Uh, Bill. <laughs> hold on. Rodney. Hold on a second. I got I to gotta pull my strap thing over my head. We're tying <laughs> it down. All right. Bill make sure Wadman my shoes are laced. <laughs> in Brooklyn. Uh, Jeffrey Sedoris in, 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 in Silver Spring. Yeah, so I've been sick for five days. Uh, and uh, and I've, been, I've been doing a lot of writing and uh, listening to Metallica, the new Metallica record, newest. I guess it's not new I, I've anymore. Heard but relatively good things about it. It is terrific. Okay. What was it the last is, time they put out a studio record? Has it been a while? Um, you know what? That's a good question. What would have been the last one? Uh, the new one is called Hardwired to Self-Destruct. And my, my, the bigger question is, uh, uh, does Metallica allow their stuff on streaming yet? Or is that? Yeah, it's on Spotify. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the thing Lars for a long has time, relaxed right? a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there is a particular track on the new record called Atlas Rise that is in my opinion is one of the best tracks they've done in a long, long time. I'm not sure if um, I like that cover. It's creepy. It's kind of creepy, right? Yeah. Uh, but terrific record. Uh, very, very, very angry. James I'm sorry. Is it, it's three albums long or three things, three discs long. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess. Holy cow. That's a long record. Yeah. Uh, first record since 2008, as far as from what I understand. Okay. So yeah, it's, it's been, been a while, while for them. Uh, but it, it Atlas Rise, I, you know what? I'll even put a link in the show notes. Uh, they did a great version of it on Kimmel. Um, but uh, yeah, so so been doing a lot of reading, reading of the Twitter, seeing what's going on. And uh, 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 I'm not going to dive into this too deeply, right? But uh, you know, I got a lot of shit for bringing up. Uh, the now president and and the constitution and uh, the lack of respect for that particular document that it looked like they were heading towards and uh, it, it doesn't look like it's getting any better. No. Um, you you have uh, an executive order that was issued that is unconstitutional. You had an attorney general who was fired, not for refusing to carry out the order, but refusing to violate the Constitution. Yeah. So if you still 
think that your freedoms are safe, are not at risk, are not being mulled over, considered. Wake up, man. It's Wake certainly up. a giant, giant mess. It's it's a complete mess. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like at this point, he's just burning himself out. Like it's just going to fall apart. Well, like he's, you know, he's you, just doing you've it until, got, yeah. You've got the appointment of Bannon to the Security Council, which again, that has to go through congressional approval. You can't just... You know, you, you can't just executive order everything. You can't. That's not the way the government works. And and if the man could pass Civics 101, he would know that. Um, <laughs> it's a mess. Yeah. It's no. a mess. We it's are, a mess. We, are, we have gone from a light of the world to a blight. We have gone from, I don't even know what to think of it. I don't, I, I it, and and there are those of you out there who are going to say that I'm overreacting, and okay, that's your choice. But to 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 throw the Constitution into question is pretty base level against what this country was founded on. Yeah. Yeah. And it is it is. It is strange days indeed, as the song goes. It's going to be interesting to see how this all shakes out. Yeah, it is. It is going to be interesting. And, and, you know, it's interesting to see how the rest of the world is reacting, uh, both from the people in the rest of the world and the governments in the, in the rest of the world. Right. You know, you, you've got uh, nearly a million and a half people in the UK not wanting the state visit to happen, but May's response is, well, we invited him. Yeah. We, you know, yeah. we can't, we can't back out now. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, it's uh, uh, the whole thing long-term. Well, long-term we've been doing this for what? 10 days. Um, it's just, it's, it's going to be written about in history books. <laughs> yeah. And you're either going to be on the right side of it or on the wrong side of it. Yeah. And, you know, maybe, maybe I'm looking at it, very simplistically, maybe I'm looking at it from a very black and white perspective. I don't think so. I'm not looking at it from a Republican perspective. I'm not looking at it from a Democrat perspective. I'm looking at it from a, do you respect the tenants of the country? Do you respect the office that you hold? Do you respect the people that you are supposed to govern and lead and inspire and secure and provide for? You're reading a lot of Twitter, huh? Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I guess we'll find out. <clears throat> I don't care what letter is after his name. I feel let down. Yeah. I feel scared. I feel angry. And that's exactly the way they want you to feel. They want you to feel out of control. They want you to feel uncertain. They want you to feel on edge. Well, then, so now, go ahead. now is the time to make. Now is the time to write, to paint, to sing, to create, to respond. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 
Uh, hey, let's talk about photography. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do you want to go? You want well, to talk about our fathers? Okay, so, yeah. So I had I had this thing. It's funny. Uh, we've gotten feedback on a topic that we haven't even discussed yet by from yeah. a few people, which is really funny. So we, we've had this roof thing. We've had a leak in in the flashing around our chimney for a while, and and it got fixed sort of. And the people that that sort of fixed it, it leaked again. And they said, well, that's not, you know, what we did. That's not, that's not our problem. It's it's this other thing that's leaking. (laughs) See here, there's your problem. It's like, okay, well, here's, here's the thing, super genius. I hired you to stop the leak. Right. You didn't stop the leak. So don't come back at me and now say, well, you should have done this because you know what it doesn't say after my name? Chimney expert. Right, 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 right. Anyway, that's all. That's neither here nor there. It, the point is, it got me thinking about uh, my dad and his dad and his dad before him. And I even called my stepmother and, and said, hey, you know, I've been thinking about this for a while. And I don't remember dad ever calling in someone to do anything. Electrical, plumbing, right. tile, carpet putting a roof on legality be damned you know yeah my my dad he built our garage he and my grandfather built the 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 back half of our house they built the chimney the the fireplace they did all the brickwork they you know he ran electrical he did plumbing and it's it's almost he didn't go to school for it he didn't you know he wasn't a tradesman for it he just knew did he get it from his father I don't know. I mean, he, he certainly shadowed my grandfather. And so the, a part of it came from there. But, but I shadowed my father. I was always helping him out in the garage. I was always his assistant, his helper on sure, projects. Yeah, yeah. But, but that knowledge, that, that, that knowledge didn't transfer for some reason or another. And my, my dad was so incredible at just making things if he needed something he made it you know for for a long time we were uh making uh uh single seat dune buggies mm-hmm. uh they when you know they use snowmobile motors and and these little single seat racing buggies when like you know atcs and quads were, were really kind of just first taking off and sure mid 80s kind of thing yeah going out to glamis and and you know doing that whole thing and, you know, I, he just, he wanted them to have, you know, this independent suspension system. So he, you know, drew it out and welded it up and, and it just worked. And it was like, well, how, how do you know how to do that? He's like, I don't know. It just, it just makes sense. Yeah. But you know, you're just, also, you're also putting aside the 20 or so years before you were around that your father maybe didn't know how to do that stuff and was messing around and broke stuff. And you know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But he was always very just thing. Things just made sense to him. And sure. I, and I, I, I am reminded of, remember the scene in Iron Man and the first Iron Man when Tony's putting together the suit and he's got like the, he's, he's got the, the 3d exploded view of the thing. And he like yep. puts his hand up in the glove and he, that's how my dad saw things. Right. He could just see an exploded view of something. And figure out how it needed to go together or how it needed to work or take it apart and put it back. I mean, it, it, 
there, there was a part of that that was just innate. And I remember talking to my grandfather about it. And, you know, he said he's just always been like that. He said he told me a story when my dad was, was I don't remember what age, but young, uh, you know, early teens maybe, that he uh, went around and, and scrounged all these parts and, and, and came home with this big bushel basket full of parts. And a few hours later, he's riding around the neighborhood in this little mini bike that he concocted out of two bicycle frames that he bolted together and, and, you know, did the motor, just like that kind of thing that, that sort of, you know, homespun engineering kind of a, right. a thing. Your father would be and good in Mad Max world. Ab- absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My dad would be, would be like the humongous in, in Mad Max. Right. Um, or road warrior. But, uh, so it got me thinking about this whole idea of folk knowledge and 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 these types of things that we've lost. And I think part of it is is planned obsolescence. Things things not as many things have to be repaired or fixed any longer. It's part of it. Yep. Uh, I think the other one of the other parts and the cost of, it of is, things because of all that. Sure. Uh, one of the other things was was people started making more money, so they could hire someone to come in and do things. True. They could, they could farm that out, but the overall cost of it is people in my generation, many of us, I mean, and I know how to do a lot of things, right? But, but there are, I know a lot of people, men in my, and women for that matter, in my generation who don't know how to do anything. They, yeah, they, but they I, don't I, have that sort of that sort of level of practical knowledge. They may have fantastic book knowledge. They may have fantastic uh, intellectual capacity. But there's a we we have we, we seem to have lost a practical skill set. I think that, that there in were that probably sort of hunter gatherer way. You know, I, I think that there were probably a lot of people, a large percentage of your father and my father's generation, who didn't know any of that stuff. And you got, you and I happen to have fathers who knew and did that stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's also a certain level of this is it's generational in the sense that what, what you think is, it's interesting that you use, use the term folk knowledge a couple of times. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I don't know really what else to call it. And that kept coming yeah, to mind that. Yeah. That. But, but, but it's it, like, I feel like by calling it that you're giving it some sort of permanence that it didn't have. Your father was not a master farmer where two generations before him, he would have been. Yeah. You know I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. So, my great grandfather probably knew how to grow things. Exactly. Whereas, right. Where your know. father didn't know that. And, and your father's father probably said, my kid doesn't know anything. He doesn't know how to farm land. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. in the same way that you're saying that say a kid today doesn't know how to X, Y, Z, like, you know, fix the flashing on, on a, on a chimney. Um, there's also the element of, you know, your father didn't know how to build a PC and you know how to do that. Sure. You know? sure. Um, so, so I think that there is sort of a, whatever your father did becomes, in certain people's mind, and I'll say in your mind, just in this case, yeah. whatever your father did becomes folk knowledge, even though it may not have been folk knowledge for his father. You know, your, mm-hmm. your father's father didn't fix cars the way your father did because there weren't cars to be fixed as much in the 1920s or whatever it is, you know? Sure. So, sure. No, so my, my grandfather was, uh, was hustling pool and, and making moonshine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. True story. Yeah. Really? <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. 
Your grandfather was Cotton, whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. Uh, what? Cotton? Yeah. Do you know that guy? The whole moonshine thing? This is the last what? damn set of liquor I'm ever going to make. Oh, no, I don't know that. Oh, my God. You don't know this? Uh, cotton. No. No, my, my, my grandfather and my grandmother met at a barn dance where my father oh. was, where my grandfather was selling moonshine out of a long coat. Ah, <laughs> uh, nice. Uh, Popcorn Sutton, my bad. Ah, okay. Uh, Popcorn Sutton is this like crazy old guy who, I'll put a link in the show notes if you, if you want to read his thing, but there's a really great uh, documentary uh, made of him making moonshine. And it turns out, the guy looks like he's 700 years old, and it turns out when he died, he was like 60 or wow. something like that but he looks like he's like 95 because right all he does is you know hang out and whatever anyway the point is i'll put that link in the show notes because it's awesome um the the point is i i wonder how much of your of your view of this and and i, I don't think that you're wrong in the sense that i think people should know how to fix more stuff in their own house but you know what there were plumbers and there were uh, uh, roofers and stuff in the 1950s and 60s because most people didn't know how to do those things. I think you and I and our fathers may have be the uh, the 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 exception rather than the rule. I, oh, absolutely, and I certainly do uh, admit to a, a a degree of romanticizing that 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 sort of archetypal figure. Hold, hold on a second. Right? Let me just write that down so I can cut that out and use that other places. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Wait, no, what? You, you're, you're admitting that you're romanticizing oh. the archetypal figure. <laughs> no, uh, no, yeah, yeah, and 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 I think I think that there's I think there's a point in that, but but and I think that the idea of being hands on and having knowledge and having craft. I mean, you could argue that this whole I, I hate to call it this, but this resurgence of the artisanal and all the rest of it. You know that that mm -hmm. the whole hipster geek aesthetic you know the maker right. movement and and I, I love the maker part of it what i don't like is the 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 hipper than thou portion of it well yeah but you know maybe maybe you know joe around the corner from your father may have thought that he was acting like a oh yeah you know he thinks he knows everything and he fixes maybe. his own damn roof you know like yeah. we don't know we i mean everyone idealizes their father why don't you call right? somebody in like normal people well yeah exactly right and like maybe <clears throat> your father i'm sure he was really good but maybe you also have there's always hero worship of your own father you know what i mean so mm -hmm. so I, I agree with what you're saying but it is it is an interesting thing that i think that you know, I, when I was building out uh, my little corner set that I was using a couple of years ago, I had to basically build a wall for one of the things because I couldn't just put it straight against the wall. I had to like build a wall out because of the uh, uh, radiator at the bottom. I had to like kind of jut it out. So I built most of a wall out of two by fours and you know, I mean, like normal, like if I was building a wall in a house. Now, the average person probably would take a minute to figure out how to do that. I've done that before. So I knew how to do it. Right. Not a big deal, but some other people go, wait, how did you know how to do that? And it's like, well, I watched my father do it a thousand times and it makes sense to me. Cause that's, cause I know how things are built. You know what I mean? Like it like makes the whole two by four and, and sheetrock construction is like in my blood, you know, <laughs> like, um, but that's not true for everybody, you know? Uh, but I don't know how often I would actually need to use that knowledge you know the guy who built your house that you guys are living in 
did a lot of the work himself, right? That we're, what do you mean? You see, make it sound like we're squatting. Oh, no, no, no. The, the house you bought is, is, was built. Yeah, but it, but, <laughs> that you're living in until well, he no. gets back. <laughs> but that guy built most of it, right? Himself. He built the whole thing. He and his right. father built the house. Right. But yeah, he, he but built all the what cabinets. What did he do for a living? He was a civil engineer for right. the National Weather Service. Right. So he so you know what I mean? He, like, he's a special case too, right? It's not like there's, a, there were a whole bunch of him from his generation building their own houses. Um, so I just pasted something in. Look at look at that look at that photograph. I just pasted it into Instagram. It. Yep. That's look at that first one of my dad in the garage, yeah. in his coveralls. Yeah, he is. Oh my god, it looks just like you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Scary. Yeah, that's that's. Are you sure that's not you on Halloween? <laughs> I think you need coveralls and a a lime green or yellow shirt, depending on right. how much this photograph is t- tinged over time. I don't know. I, I I think I think that there's value in in knowledge. There's value in in passing down tools to the next generation and skills. But I think that there are skills that come in and out of favor. You know, like I've bled brakes and I've changed oil. Will I ever change oil in a car again nowadays? Any car that's been made in the last fifteen years, probably not. Cause it's a yeah. pain in the neck and you can go to whatever for $25 and they'll do it for you in 10 minutes, you know? Um, so, and, and they're making cars in such a way that is very difficult to do that. Right. 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 Well, that, um, that's the other side of it, right? Is, is th- th- that's the planned obsolescence yeah. side, you know, but sticking the, on cars. Go ahead. But at the same time, how often do you see a car stuck on the side of the highway nowadays compared to when you were a kid? Cars are, you know, way more reliable than they were back then fair point uh and 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 you may have a point but there there is still there is still satisfaction in 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 doing the job whatever that job is but that job that job could be anything right mm mm-hmm yeah i mean when i had my my 2002 uh i loved you know changing oil and i loved having a toolbox and sure you know knowing that 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 it was only a matter of time before that little fuel filter would get dirty and it would start to sputter and you'd have to go, you know, undo those little, you know, clips. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I loved that. You know, uh, Dan was over here, I guess it was last week or the week before. Uh, and uh, he wrote, he bought a new bike recently and he rode it all the way over here and his seat post was coming loose or the, the seat, you know where the seat, like the 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 bracket that holds the seat on the seat post, you know, it's sort of like screw down kind at, of Allen At the base of, of the seat, not at the frame. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was, I, you know, I forget, like a you know, six millimeter hex key or something like that. Yep. And I only had uh, Imperial ones. I didn't have any metric ones here just because they got lost or we couldn't find them or whatever. Because, you know. It doesn't carry a little uh, hex well, key tool. And like it, was, it, it was a weird size. That's the thing. Hmm. And, uh, uh, so we were looking for the stuff and I'm just like, you know what? Like we are the kind of people who would have this stuff. And yes, if we were at the house that I grew up in, there would be six sets of these things, not organized, but they would be there somewhere, you know? Right. Right. And, 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 and I don't have as much of a toolkit as my father did. I wish I had stolen at least one decent circular saw, like a little eight or 10 inch circular saw so that I could cut two by fours when I need to. Cause as it is right now, I'm doing it in a miter box and go buy you know, one. They're like 60 bucks. Well, that's the thing, but like I need one. What once every I've needed one once in the 12 years I've lived in this apartment. 
I, I will tell you this this Japanese saw that I got the the it's a it's a pull saw instead of a push. Yeah, it goes through them like butter. Oh my god, it makes short work because of the, two by fours like nobody's business. The regular miter box saw takes forever. Yeah, no, this thing it is it is amazing. All right, well we we can uh, put a link in the show notes and I'll I'll add it to my thing. All right. The the point is that yes, I agree with you. <clears throat> of, of about skills and i think that there are skills that could be sent down for example our to uh, uh our toilet was acting weird and we ended up because we don't own this place it's like well I'll just have the land you know the 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 handyman do it and he replaced the guts of the of the toilet and and th- that's fine like i could have done that i can turn off the water i can evacuate the tank See, that's, I that's can, a great example like, that's something that you should be able to do yeah, it's not that hard. You should hard. be able to go to Home Depot, right. buy a new, you know, valve kit. Yep. Turn yep. off the water. Un- it's all hand tight now. You don't need a wrench. Right, right. You right. don't even need plumber's putty. And I mean, it, you might need Teflon tape, but and and to some extent, the guy didn't do a very good job, and I'm considering doing it all again myself. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, well, I got better things to do than going to Home Depot. <laughs> you know, so there, I I understand. It's like I can do that, but what, what does it help me? I will tell you that my father taught me about cameras you know what i mean that was mm-hmm. knowledge that was handed down uh how to how to use a manual camera um loading film you know what i mean like all these things yeah. that are photography related that we talk about that you and i you know you have your yashika that you got recently yeah. um i mean did your father like did, how how was your father involved in your photography education when you were younger or was that you Not figuring that out no right? that was my grandfather oh that your was grandfather all my grandfather okay yeah but yeah, see, there's, my, a, I mean, my father was, he had a Miranda 35 millimeter camera sure. with a 50 mil lens on it. And it was, it was, uh, you know, you, you took the camera out, you photographed either the location or the, Hey, everybody move in, let's get a picture. Or you yep. ask somebody to take your picture and then you put the camera away. So, you know, like a roll of film would last us a year because it would take that long to go through it or whatever. You know, it yeah, wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah you didn't take pictures for art's sake. You took pictures to document an event. But did you have your Yashica when your grandfather was teaching you? That was the camera that he gave me. I right. was, that was uh, a freshman year in high school. Right. Which, 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 which is probably part of the reason why you have such a connection with it now. Um, probably, you know, that, that was the first one that, that, you know, he was like, go, go take pictures out in the backyard. And I was right, like, right. Of, of what? You know, there's nobody out there, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, up to that point, it, it, it hadn't really dawned on me that you would take pictures for pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my father would add, and don't break it. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. Well, my father. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> He's not like, a, not yeah, a patient that. fellow as it turns yeah, well, out. <laughs> that's, uh, these are the things, these are the parts of it that you forget. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I I think that there's there's room for a. I mean, look, they're getting rid of shop class. They're getting rid of home ec class, and I don't mean home ec in the like women need to learn how to sew and stuff so they can take care of the house. I mean in a, hey people, you need to learn how to be able to cook something for yourself and not but, be a complete. But you know human. what, sewing is a valuable skill. Oh no no no, it absolutely is. I just mean home ec class originally was a. Yeah you know, like learn how to become a homemaker kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like that was the yeah. essence as, of as, it. As someone who, who majored in scenery and costume design, I, I'm a fan of the sewing. 
Absolutely. But as, as but we need to do it as more of a, these are life skills that everyone needs to learn because sure. you need to be balancing able to, a checkbook. Exactly. Yeah. Although yeah. I've never balanced a checkbook in my life. Um, but yeah, yeah. That kind of sort of life skills and common sense kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Maybe there's a place for that. I mean, but then again, they're also getting rid of the arts in a lot of these schools, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not just no money schools. for band or for, well, yeah. No, no money for band or for uh, uh, painting, but there's money for the football team, right? Right. Um, that old chestnut. Um, we have a friend, uh, friend of ours has like a daughter, and like she's kind of not really in the in crowd in school, you know. And and it's just like, well, you know, just keep doing what you're doing, and if it's writing or reading, like, the hell with the other kids, you know. Right. Um, but trying to create these. <sighs> ways of seeing the world that are unique in your own, I think is a very valuable thing. Um, got anything else to say on that? Topic? Yes, but, but no, we can, okay. we can, Hey, it's, d- it's fascinating. I mean, if you, in fact, yeah, I do have something to say. Okay. Uh, it, it, listeners, what, what knowledge, two part question, uh, what knowledge was passed down to you from, a father, a mother, a grandfather, a grandmother that you still use and even find invaluable. And on the flip side of that, what knowledge did, did one of those family members have that you do not, but wish you did podcast it on takingpictures.com. <laughs> and in the course of your life, have you actually learned that they knew something that was actually wrong knowledge that they passed on? Cause that also right. happens too. Right. 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 <laughs> um, I learned it by watching you. I, you know what? There, there's okay. I got to tell one story real quick. Yeah. So I, I had my, my, I had a, a 74 2002 BMW 2002. And, and this is, I, stop me if I've told this before, but I don't know if I have, uh, it, it was making this weird, like this weird rattle and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. Okay. And I, you know, I went over to my dad's house. Like, Hey, my car's making this weird noise. Can you help me out? And he's like, yeah, sure. Bring it over. So I bring it over and we pop the hood and uh, he's like, rev it up. And I get out and I'm standing there next to him and he's looking at it and he looks around and, and he's like, hand me that stick. And there's like this, this branch, kind of a straight branch, I don't know, a couple feet long, right? Yeah. And he grabs it and he pulls out his pocket knife and he, you know, lops off the little, the little nubs that were sticking out. So it was just kind of a, more or less a dowel, right? Yep. And he holds one end up to his ear and he puts the other end on uh, the valve cover and he revs it up and he goes down each cylinder. Mm, 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 mm. And he's like, yeah, you got a lifter stuck in that cylinder. <laughs> he's like, you got any transmission fluid? I said, yeah. He's like, give it to me. So I go back in the trunk, you know, get the transmission fluid and he opens up where he put, you know, the oil, the oil removes the oil cap and he dumps transmission, a little bit of transmission fluid into the, into the oil. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he revs it up. It goes away. <laughs> and he's like, transmission fluid acts as a detergent. And he's like, you just put a little in there, rev it up. It'll get absorbed by the oil, but it'll, it'll, a lot of times it'll, it'll clear away that gunk that makes that lifter stick. Interesting. And that, I was like, I'm mesmerized. This guy is Oz to me at this point, right? Right. You know, right, right, right. and he just tosses down the stick. You know, puts the cap on. He's like, "All right, let's go to lunch." <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. it was just no big deal. Like that's yeah. But somebody probably taught him that 600 years Maybe. ago. You know, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, your father didn't intuit that from his own mind. You know what I mean? That came from somewhere. Yeah. Um, and I mean, to, 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 to nowadays though, Jeffrey, I mean, hell YouTube, man, the stuff you can learn, even if you didn't have, I've learned a ton or, about roofing on YouTube. I'll tell you that. Anything right useful now. or absolutely. Yeah. I, I learned that they did it the wrong way. <laughs> this is what I learned. <clears throat> but what are you going to do? Uh, uh, hey, did you know about the CIA and the abstract expressionist movement? No, I had no I'd li- idea. I like this little thing. This. That you, yeah, I had no idea. Okay, so I, I was just doing some reading, and actually, there's a, this new podcast that I'm listening to that I'm going to give a little plug for because the woman and I have been going back and forth on uh, Twitter. Uh, there's a podcast that I found called, uh, art curious and, uh, they're, uh, curious, uh, they did an episode. She did an episode on this topic. Basically during the cold war, the United States government wanted to prove that the Russians weren't some bastion of art and that we were freer thinkers than they were, you know, whatever the stupid thing that that they were arguing about. And so the, 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 the federal government, I'll put a link in the show notes to this podcast as well. Um, the federal government started basically putting money into art to prove that our art was better than their art. Right. But they started buying this our stuff. art as, as us art, American was art than... was better than Soviet art, right? Like capitalist art is better than, than uh, socialist art, I guess was the idea. Huh. That, that that that's why capitalism is better because here's one of the examples and they started buying this stuff and people found out and got really angry that like basically the government was spending money on these ugly paintings that no one understood because remember this was new scary stuff at the time right 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 so instead the cia started creating foundations with the help of rich people like would call up some rich kid like some you know rockefeller fourth generation kid and be like, I want to start this thing. We'll give you a bunch of money. You start a foundation and put it towards this kind of art to prop up this kind of art. Mm-hmm. And actually even set up uh, uh, shows of this stuff all around the world. So in some ways, the reason why Pollock and de Kooning and all the rest of them became a big deal was because the federal government was basically subsidizing it from behind the scenes. Um, Interesting. It's fascinating. And, and I bring this up as an, and as an example of, we were talking last week about the NEA and all that kind of stuff. Right. There is also a, a bad thing about having the government involved in art period in the sense of let's, let's, you know, let's keep government out of religion and religion out of government. You know, if yeah, government, that well, if you keep, if you, if you keep yeah. government involved in art government gets to decide what art they support and that art might be in support of something that's not where art or society wants it to go but where the government wants it to go whether in you know whatever way um it's just interesting to me the idea of using art as a weapon uh and uh pretty interesting stuff and you know the kind of stuff you find out years later and go oh wow look at that you know the world, right. the world wasn't quite as uh, egalitarian and whatever as we thought it was. There was lots of hands moving in all different directions trying to make certain things happen. Um, fascinating, though. Uh, and, and none of these guys knew at the time that this stuff was going on. They just knew that their paintings were getting shown and bought and all the rest of it, you know. So Motherwell mm-hmm. and de Kooning and Rothko and Pollock and all these people 
uh, we're, we're getting, we're getting, uh, uh, aided by the CIA, <laughs> which I think is great. Um, yeah. The question is, do you think that, and you know, not having read too deeply into this, obviously, but do you think that there's a case to be made that, that this stuff wouldn't have become what it became without that kind of stuff? We have no idea how much support there was. Without uh, the CIA involvement? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I find it, or I find does that it change difficult. the way you look at that stuff, I guess is my question. No, I mean, I, I think people, in, okay, as, as kind of a segue, I, I watched, uh, there's, a, there's a documentary on, or two documentaries that I watched while laying in bed for five days. <laughs> um, <laughs> one is, is on uh, Deanna Vreeland, who okay. was uh, uh, the, uh, the editor of Vogue for years and years. And uh, uh, worked with uh, 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 Carmel Snow and Avedon at Harper's. Uh, phenomenal documentary. It's called The Eye Has to Travel. Terrific, terrific, terrific documentary. Highly recommended. Um, the other one was about Peggy Guggenheim. Uh, and it is called, where are my notes here? Uh, it is called uh, Addict. Like Art, uh, art Addict. Art, art Addict. <clears throat> yep, um, I've seen that. Also on she's crazy. Amazon. She was a nut. Yeah, yes. she was an absolute nut. Uh, but I think I think that that I can't imagine that the CIA had more of an effect on the rise of Pollock, De Kooning, Rothko, the folks that you mentioned, than these guys did. Than than Guggenheim and her her circle of of you know, other collectors and yeah. promoters. But of, interestingly of enough, it was those collectors and promoters and people like Guggenheim that the CIA was giving money to. It was like people like that, like tastemakers. So it's yeah. like, who knows, you know, <laughs> who knows what was going on? Um, stuff comes from the world is a chaotic place and, and, you know, life finds a way, you know, <laughs> it's right. like, uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The, uh, uh, Ah, it's so cool. I just, I like the idea that there was other stuff going on that, that, that it makes more sense when you go, Oh, okay. Right. Right. There were powers that be doing this. That's how that happened. That makes so much more sense than this just spontaneously popped up like this, you know? Um, anyway, good stuff. Uh, I interestingly, one little side note, both of those films directed by, uh, Lisa Imordino Vreeland, who I believe is Deanna Vreeland's granddaughter. Oh, interesting. Okay. I put them both in might, the might show notes. I think it's granddaughter. The, uh, uh, yeah, I always remember that weird scene in Pollock where Peggy Guggenheim's trying to have sex with Pollock and it's really awkward. Um, it's always you and the sex. It you're is a repressed man. Wadman. It is. You're, you're, it's always you and the, the, that's where you got to talk about that. <laughs> Actually, I'm on the couch. I think. Yeah, of course. Uh, we should talk. Speaking of time on the couch, let's talk about one of our sponsors. Right. Uh, right. Let's talk. Let's talk about FreshBooks. I uh, I could have I could have probably used them this 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 last week in trying <sighs> to get some some work done for a new client. I you know it, it keeping it, track of writing copy. It really is. Uh, yeah, the the timer stuff for you and just keeping track of invoices uh and and making sure that people are are have an easy way to pay them and that they saw them and all the rest of it what a what a what a nightmare that they can fix for you 
Uh, when you're running your own agency, Jeffrey, are you running your own agency? Would you say I am? I am. It's are you uh, wrapping a, up a, one project while starting another? It's a covert agency. Not a lot of people know about it. <laughs> CIA but, is backing it. Um, yeah. It's, it's, yes. <laughs> It's called the Ministry of Disinformation. <laughs> when you're wrapping up one project while starting another, it means you need a healthy cash flow to keep things moving. If you're waiting for a client's check to show up in the mail and it's slowing your business down, then it's time for FreshBooks. FreshBooks makes it ridiculously easy uh, cloud accounting software for agencies and freelancers that'll help you work smarter, become more organized, and more importantly, get paid quickly. I like the idea of getting paid quickly. That's the yeah, hardest it, part about being a freelancer. Speaking of which... Do you have a lot of clients that still pay via check or have, have, have clients by and large transition to electronic payment? I still have a lot of people who pay by check. Hmm. Okay. Uh, over half. In no fact, kidding. No, in fact, you know what? I would say 80% still pay by check. Really? Yep. I think it's also a way for them to make an excuse of why something's late, you know? Hmm. Uh, and if you haven't uh, played with FreshBooks for a while, uh, recently it's been completely redesigned from the ground up and custom built for the way you work. Get ready for the simplest way to become more productive, organized, and most importantly, to get paid quickly. New projects feature allows you to share files and messages with your clients, contractors, and employees. You can see how quickly things happen when uh, when all of your conversations live in one place. And there's a notification center, new notification center. Uh, which is like your personal assistant. You'll always know uh, w- when somebody's looked at an invoice, if you want to send them a reminder just to make sure they know that it's there. You know, That's that kind, kind of a of cool thing. feature. Like, oh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep, exactly. Really? Yeah. And you can create and send really professional looking invoices in under 30 seconds. You could have sent like 16 invoices in the time that we've been talking about FreshBooks <laughs> right now. What, what makes you think I haven't? <laughs> <laughs> multi-currency invoicing, which is great. So if you're working for somebody in uh, uh, Canada and they want to know what the invoice is a boot, you can uh, you can just send them the <laughs> well thing played. in Canadian dollars. Uh, <laughs> a boot. Uh, online payments. So you, you don't want to wait for checks. Let them let them do t- literally two clicks to self to set yourself up to receive payments online. And your cli- uh, your clients will love being able to pay with a credit card straight from their invoice. Uh, automated late payment reminders, mobile expenses to keep track of, you know, when I had that airplane flight to go see that client, you just stick it right onto your, uh, right on, uh, onto the invoice for next time. It's great. Uh, go check out FreshBooks, go to freshbooks.com, enter the, uh, the on taking pictures in the, how did you hear about us section? And, uh, you'll get a free, uh, month long unrestricted trial. So go try out FreshBooks. They may be just the right thing for you. And uh, we thank them very much for their support of on taking pictures. Um, all right, what's next? What else you want to talk about? Uh, the White House. Somebody somebody posted that the uh, it was Hobby David Hobby Strobist. Yep. Hi David. Uh, he you know he lives in Baltimore. I got to get together with that guy. He lives in Baltimore. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the the White House has apparently uh, in in their <laughs> ongoing effort to infinite wisdom remove everything that was there when they got there uh they've scrubbed their their Flickr account completely clean there's nothing there now do you think this is because they were this was i'm assuming where uh the team was putting up their pictures of the obama presidency i don't know i don't is, know I mean, is I'm, this I'm where that was that happening gets, i hope it gets archived somewhere you know it's the same oh, with, i'm sure with some of the been. some of the sites or some of the pages on on whitehouse.gov have been yeah, yeah, removed yeah, yeah, yeah. policy pages they've been archived though um, I, I don't know. I mean, it's gotta be a weird, I mean, I'm not, look, I'm not trying to, to bag on this particular story other than, you know, why not put a note saying, Hey, you know, 
for an archive go here? Yeah, let's see. Uh, move to the Flickr username Obama White House. So that's that's what happened. I'll yeah. put a link to sh- both of them. So basically, they just moved him over in the same way they did the Twitter thing. Has, as far as we know, has he? Is there an official photographer for the Trump White House? Uh, somebody. Oh, oh, oh! I just. Um, yes. Uh, it's uh, oh, what's that girl's name? Official POTUS. As of uh, January twentieth, it says. Um, has yet to select his own White House photographer. According to Time, it's possible he may not appoint a photographer at all, breaking with precedent established 40 years ago by Lyndon Johnson. Uh, when I Trump does appoint a White House photographer, the, the Flickr day. account is waiting for him. Yeah. You know, I, look, the, the, the Obama family and administration certainly used Pete Souza's pictures as... I mean, it was a great way for the world to see what they were doing. It's also, of course, great propaganda because they're a cute family that seems to love each other, you know. Um, but yeah, but well, they used they used that whole thing very effectively as as a way to uh, control their image, you know, uh, for for you know good or bad, depending on where you sit on it. And I tend to think that they did really great stuff. But right, um, right. Um, so yeah, it's it's really it is it is interesting to see that. I feel like that humanizes a president when you see the behind the scenes pictures, whether it's somebody from your side or the other side, you know, I mean, even looking at pictures of, of Bush in the white house or Reagan in the white house, you know what I mean? That changes the way you, you see things. It's even in that documentary, the, the, the one we talked about a billion times, the national geographic one, I think it was right. Or was it a Nova? Um, the Pete Souza documentary in the White House, where they go and they interview oh, right, all right, these, right, right, right. they go and they interview all these guys from back in the day, all the photographers who worked with all the different presidents, and they go interview a bunch of the earlier presidents, and they talk about how, yeah, they didn't like getting their picture taken all the time, but yeah, there was this one great picture and we trusted him, and blah 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 blah, you know. Right. Um, right. I think that's pretty great. Well, I uh, think I think you just you just said something that you you, you use the word trust. Yeah. And I, and I think that's part of what made, at least from what we can gather, I don't know Pete Souza. Uh, I know people who do know him. Um, but there seemed to be a trust between Pete and, and the first family that allowed some of those moments to be captured. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, doesn't, it certainly doesn't seem like that's happening uh, right now. Um, I I would not use trust to describe right any right. aspect of the current administration. No, yeah, uh, no. it's called and uh, it's kind of a bummer. You know, I mean, I think that that we are we are <clears throat> excuse me we are the worst for it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the, we we've built up goodwill in the world regardless of who the person is in that seat, and that's kind of what bothers me about the whole thing is that it just feels like a lot of that is getting thrown out the window with nothing to gain for it. You know, it's like, wow, you just threw out something so incredibly valuable because you didn't realize that it was valuable. Um, sad. Uh, president's photographer, 50 years inside the Oval Office. It is uh, National Geographic. Uh, it looks like there is a version in chunks that uh, is on, uh, uh, fell off the back of a truck onto YouTube. Oh, it's actually a Nat Geo's book thing, and they uh, fell off the back of the truck. <laughs> you know what I mean. I you do. know what I'm talking about. I I know what you're saying. <laughs> but yeah, it is. I I hope that uh, I hope that becomes a thing. 
that he gets at least a photographer in there. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, you know, I think that's probably way down on the to-do list. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's, he's got to ask Bannon's permission. So that's going to take a little longer. But, um, psh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real boy. Uh, anyway. You got anything else you want to talk about? Um, or do you want to keep this real short today because you're not feeling well? Yeah, we can. We can. We can go to the, the group if you want. Keep it a little a little tight. Okay. Uh, there was something else, though, that I was going to actually ask you about. Uh-oh. No, no, no. It's it's a good thing. Uh, hold on. Let me see if I can find it. Talk amongst yourselves for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> you you want to get our other uh, sponsor out of the way while you're while you're looking that up? Uh, yeah. Where did I see this? Wait, is this? What are you looking up? Well, I found another article. Here, I'll put this in the, uh, here, let me just paste this in with you. And I wanted to see if you, it was another guy that, that uh, got a 645Z or 645Z. Yes. As, as it is also referred, uh, coming from a Sony system and wanted yep. to see if, if, uh, if I agreed with these things. Yeah. What, what your impressions are uh, relative to, you know, Alan Bailward, uh, friend of the show, Alan Bailward tweeted this at me last night, I think it was, or yesterday. Uh And, um, I, I didn't find this guy's, uh, the way he wrote about it very useful. Cause it was just like, I love this. 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 And it's like, okay, well, you know, oh, but it's big. The end. It's like, well, that doesn't give me any information other than the files are great. The files are big. It's like, okay, but did you have any issues with it? Like what lenses were you using? What, you know what I mean? Um, he doesn't give all that information, uh, but uh, from what I read, I mean, there's nothing here that I disagree with. It's funny. Yesterday I went, uh, and I had a, a, a quick shoot for this magazine and I ended up shooting. It was getting later in the day. It was like four 30 big windows. And I shot a, uh, picture of this person at 1600 and it was kind of underexposed because I was kind of running out of light. And I came home and I pulled it up like a stop and a half and it's still clean as all get up. And I was like, wow, that's nice. You know, um, I would not have been able to do that on my Canon. It would have been just like noise city. Um, mm. So there's definitely a uh, a level of flexibility in these files, which he talks about and I completely concur with. Um, it's like one of the big, that's the big thing of it. Whether how different it is than say the full frame Sony sensor in the uh uh what is the RX RX one is that the one uh yeah I believe the, so the, yeah. yeah the little the little full frame ones like three grand. yeah so he's got yeah. the A seven the A 7s and the RX one I think the RX one sensor is probably the closest to this guy the to the one in the Z where it's sort of like a really high res Sony but just bigger you know which is basically what the one in my camera is um. Uh, links up the as as closely as possible. Yeah, I mean that's absolutely it. Uh, it's ver- very very cool. I'm st- I'm still really happy with this camera. Um, it's interesting. He says I bought the 75 2.8 to start, and it looked weird on the camera because of the smaller size of the lens. I actually thought that the I had the 75 2.8 for a while, but it was a bad copy, and I got to get a new one. But that one felt what is like it? Does, it, does it back focus or something? 
um, it would, it would, it would, if it hunted past whatever it was looking for and then had to go back, it had this weird kind of grinding, crunchy sound. Like there was something wrong with the gearing. Um, Oh really? Yeah. It was a used lens. Uh, and I, so I got rid of it. I, I was just like, okay, I'll, I'll just get another one of these later. I got a really good deal on it, but I didn't want to worry about getting it fixed. Um, but I actually liked it. It was sort of like, uh, you know, you remember, you remember the, like the 80 millimeter lens on my Hasselblad, you know, it's like a inch and a half deep, Yep. you yep. know, like that kind of thing. <clears throat> that it was like standard. That. It, yeah, sure. It was standard, like sort of normal lens, which on, on this camera with this sensor size, which is actually smaller than six, four, five ends up being a little longer. So it ends up feeling like a, a 60 millimeter lens as opposed to like a 50 or a 48. Um, so it was a little longer than normal. It was actually pretty nice. Um, but it's funny that he says, oh, it looked weird because it was so small. It's like, I actually like that. It was sort of, you know, big camera with little lens on it. It felt like uh, I've always had a thing for. I was always a X-Wing guy, not a Millennium Falcon guy, you know, uh, well, you know or, or like the, the land speeders. I was always a land speeder guy. Um, Falcon, come on. It's the. It's the it's I know, Falcon. but I, I never come wanted on. to be the guy who piloted the Falcon I like the idea of a fairly compact thing that just kind of made sense, you know, and, and that the, the Z with the little 75 on it did that for me. In fact, right now I don't have any small lenses for the camera. And every time I go out, I'm like, Oh, these are so big. I got to carry them around. I need, I need like one small lens that I can just walk around with. It'll probably be the 55 and not the 75 though. If I'm going to buy another one. Um, yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes. He uh, he he did that, and I I don't know if I ever put the link in the show notes to the thing that I wrote about the Z. So I'll put that in there too for people who want to read. I put it up on Medium a while back. Um, yeah, is that what you were looking for? Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Okay. Um, right. and 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 it's it kind of does get into that that you know how how much is too much to carry, even though you've got this bigger this bigger body. Because I I've been, as you know, I've really been enjoying the one the one twenty four. Yeah, but. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the six by six format. Um, it has its place, but you're not a fan of square six by six format. No, Blasphemy. I, I like it, <laughs> but I, I like a, 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 a wider, a wider negative. I like a, I like a six, seven or even a six, four, five is nice. Just shoot wider um, and crop it, man. Uh, no, I, anyway. yeah, I, I was, I was always a big fan of the square and, uh, I, I look, I like the square. There's nothing wrong with it, but if I'm going to crop it down to a different aspect ratio, why not just get something that shoots that aspect ratio? If the yeah. whole point is to go medium format is to go big, then yeah. anyway, so all that, to but say you also I've, like waste level viewfinders, which doesn't actually jive with, well, I guess like on the, on the RZ six, seven, you can rotate the back. That's how that works. Yeah, or you get a waist level finder for a six seven. Right, 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 right. But I'm just saying, if you want it to be tall and not wide, and they're super cool because they 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 clamshell open from the middle. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying, though. Like the yeah, idea that yeah. you know, because then you can't rotate it. You're always shooting landscape. Um. But yeah, that's a thing. Um. All right. Put that other link in the show notes as well if you guys want to read that. It's uh. I you know I got to tell you I I mean I still love the camera every time I shoot with it. It's funny though. It does. There's like a few weird, quirky things. For example, anything over its sync speed, which is 125th of a second, right? That's the max sync speed, which I haven't had a problem with. And I've shot outside with strobes just to put that out there. Um, is it, it doesn't fire the, uh, it does not fire the hot shoe anything more than 125th. 
So if you have the shutter speed set to one sixtieth of a second or one one sixtieth, the the hot shoe doesn't pop. Oh really? It just yeah. disables the center it pin. It disables altogether. it. Yeah. Oh wow. Weird. Which which I don't like because there are times when huh. it would be nice to be able to do it because sometimes you don't need the flash on the half of the frame that's going to get cut off by the shutter. You know right. what I mean? Like there are there are times when there are ed- weird edge cases where it's kind of like, no, camera, you do what I tell you to do. You don't make decisions like that for me. You know, you Did pop you the flash. Did you know that going in? Uh, I, yeah, I had actually, I had known that. I mean, this is like real edge case stuff, you know, it's more of a, yesterday I was setting up lights and when I put down the camera, I'd, I'd flicked the shutter speed over one notch when I was putting oh, it down. Okay. Okay. And so okay. I was like testing the light. I was like snap and it wasn't going off snap. It wasn't going off. I was like, what the, and then I looked and I had clicked it over to one, one sixtieth of a second. I was like, oh, okay. But there is a one, one twenty fifth, uh, uh, there's an X mode on the camera that just locks it to one one twenty fifth for basically shooting with strobes. The problem with that is that if you want to control the shutter speed to open up the ambient, then you got to have it in manual mode, in which case you could theoretically go over one one twenty fifth and have the problem. Not a big deal. If these are like the weird quirky things, but every camera has weird quirky things, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, they really do. It's like, it's funny. It's like any camera you pick up, you go, yeah, that's great. But yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever it is. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, what What's the biggest thing about your X-Pro that, you, that that drives you crazy? Other than, I mean, the fly-by-wire and that kind of stuff. The focus-by-wire is, I, I just, I don't like that choice yeah. at all. I, you I, don't, I don't like it on on any any camera that I've used that's got that sort of focus-by-wire. It just doesn't, it just doesn't feel right, you know, because you can, you knock the lens just, I, I don't know, it just... It's that disconnect. Yeah, you know, um, uh, the other day so I was at a party and somebody had the new fifty one point eight uh, on Canon. I think it was the the fifty one point eight, and it totally was focused by wire. And he handed it to me. He's like, "I need help," and I, so I like set some settings because we were in a really dark bar and he was trying to take pictures and needed something. And I was like, "Oh, I do this and pump the ISO up and just shoot wide open and." manually focus because this little Canon rebel or whatever it is, isn't going to be able to focus in this amount of light. And I started, I picked it up to my eye and I started focusing and it was like, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was lagging the whole time. And I was like, I don't know how they do this. Why would you do this? Like, why not just make it directly related? Obviously everyone hates that. So part, part of it on some of the newer cameras, like some of the, the Panasonic cameras, the, the focus ring becomes a multifunction dial. So you okay. can hold a modifier button and use it to change ISO or use it to change, you know, other yeah. settings. That is not definitely not worth the trade-off in my mind. I agree with you. Yeah. You know, and somebody even said, well, you know, you could use a manual lens on your, on your X-Pro. And I said, yeah, you know, I do. But then you've got that extra, you know, I wish somebody made some decent, and maybe they do, I just haven't seen them some decent manual focus lenses for the Fuji X mount so that you don't have to have that adapter that added, that added sort of size and weight of the adapter on the back of the lens. Is the, is the slower you had a 35, one, four, 35, one, four. Yeah. But there's a 35 F two. There's a 35 F two. That's a smaller lens. Uh, it's got, um, it's, it's weather resistant. It's got different focus motors. Uh, is that one faster feeling faster feeling? Yeah. But it's uh, still, all of the Fuji's are focused by wire. Yes. Yeah. 
to See, my that, knowledge. That seems that that I mean, would the, be the a huge thing for me. The thirty-five one four is tack sharp. Sure, it's absolutely beautiful, wide open. But but if you um, miss the focus because it took you too long to get the focus because it was always a half a turn behind you. Yeah. Like the, yeah. I don't give a crap if it's sharp. I can't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I mean, look, I I've said it before, and and I should just put it up on eBay and sell it. I keep threatening to, and I don't. I don't know why I don't. It's, Jeffrey, it's just losing value by the moment. I know, I know. <laughs> and then, and then a friend of of Wilkening's sends me. Uh, he, oh, I'm selling my six seven. It's beautiful condition with two Wait, wooden which grips, one? two lenses. Oh, the Pentax. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. You gonna buy that? Uh, frankly, I think he wants too much for it, but that's, it's a nice camera. That's a big camera. Yeah, it is big camera. That, that makes my camera look small. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's not the one you have around your neck all day long. Uh, no, not unless you want back pain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Any other nerding out on on nope, medium nope, focus? Let's, uh, medium let's format. Go to the group and let these people. Hey, you know what? Somebody, oh, uh, hold oh. on one second. Weathersby, what? No, go ahead. Weathersby, Weathersby wrote was writing me last night on uh Twitter about apparently he bought he got a uh uh. A Leica Sofort, which is an instant, a little Leica instant, which I'm assuming it looks identical to the f- similar Fuji instant camera. So I think it's basically just a rebranded uh, Fuji. Have you seen this? Thing? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, the little square thing. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, it. have you seen the you've seen the Fuji one, or have you yeah. seen the Leica one? Okay, I've, I've seen the Fuji one. Okay, so. Uh, $300 for this camera, which is crazy expensive. How much is the Fuji equivalent of it? It can't be it's not nowhere near that much. Is it $90 Probably. or something? I don't yeah. Know. Okay. Anyway, he was saying that he, he's just like, you know, it's not that sharp and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, I don't, I'm not sure if you, if it's the, if it's the focus, cause that's what he was wondering about. Or if it's in reality, just the fact that 800 ISO instant film doesn't have much resolution. You know, like if you're used to taking pictures on a digital camera or even on film and then getting them printed as like an eight by 10 or whatever it is, that's way more information than is on an instant image. If anybody's ever taken even a good Polaroid and taken a loop to it, you'll see that there isn't that much in there. It's very sort of like everything gets rounded off on the edges. Um, I just thought it was uh, an interesting, I'd, I'd never even seen this little guy. Um, I wonder if it uses, it uses, inst, okay, it uses Instax. Is it the Instax or Instax Wide? Mini. Instax, Instax mini. mini. So it's like business card size print. Is that how big those things are? I think, I think yeah, it's fifty nine dollars for the uh, for the little tiny Fuji version of them, and the bigger version is one hundred twenty four dollars for the Neo Classic, right. which looks like much like the thing. Does this any does any of that have any interest for you? Zero. <clears throat> really? Why? Um, because at the end of the day. The, the the fidelity just isn't there. Right. The visual fidelity just isn't there. And uh, you I think imagine it's a great, yourself making bigger prints. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting kind of novelty. And, and no offense to anybody who likes that, but for me, just yeah. me, uh, you know, I, I like the idea of maybe four by five, like the larger Polaroid or, sure. or you know, th- that's interesting to me. But when you get down to these tiny little things, well, other than existing as its own object, you can't do much with it. Yeah. There's not a lot of, of, of data there in terms of, of scanning or reproducing. I mean, I guess you could do it at one-to-one, but 
I don't know. It, it, it doesn't really hold a lot of interest for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting. There's a, you know, maybe I'll do that today or tomorrow. Shoot with, a, I, I do have some instant film left for my Hasselblad and for the big camera. Maybe I'll take some, try, try that as something different. Um, yeah, you can't get the 4x5 instant anymore, the old Fuji stuff. I think that's all gone for good now. God, it's sad. Yeah, Everything just 2.4 by 1.8 inches. It's tiny. It's, like, oh, okay. it's smaller than your phone screen. Yeah, basically. By far, actually, which is I mean, crazy I, to me. Yeah, I, I would rather get the little... Uh, the little impossible Fuji, project. Well, or, or the little, the little Fuji instant printer. Yeah. 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 Uh, what's the, what's the model number? They just did a uh, Instax share SP two. Okay. You know, a, it's oh, the okay. same, it's the same print size, but you can send photos to it from your phone or your, or your camera if it has Wi-Fi or, or whatever. So at least you're, you know, Oh, I, I see. It's just a printer for your phone. Yeah. It's just a printer. Yeah, I you know I had is, so these things use that whole zinc technology now, right? Z ink or whatever. Uh, I'm, I'm actually not too sure. It's it's not. I don't think that they are. I think they're basically like little dye sub printers. I don't think that they are instant in the way that old stuff was. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, don't, uh, I think you're right. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, here we go. Zinc um, technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a full full color printing device did not require ink cartridges. It prints in a single pass. It was started yeah, by this company. 256 Zinc. levels per color RGB. Prints at 320 DPI. Yeah, started out as a project inside of Polaroid in the 90s. And now they they yeah, they it's the Polaroid, the LG, HP Sprocket. Oh, actually, supposedly the Fuji ones are not, but I think it must be similar technology. Anyway. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting anyway. stuff. Uh okay. Uh this week on instant cameras. Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what I really want to do? is uh, eat i want to eat something man and and don't think that i don't make mean eggs yeah with the cheese is what i'm saying uh wait, wait, wait. before we get to this what kind of cheese uh sharp cheddar usually uh, did you have already but use sharp cheddar did did your college make cheese eggs like on saturdays that kind of thing uh my college because i when when i was in college it was all about like the saturday sunday brunch with cheesy eggs I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't remember. It might have. I don't <laughs> it know. was the 1920s. I, That's right. <laughs> did he even have cheese back then? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but it came from the government. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready? <laughs> I am ready. Okay. Uh, next, uh, the uh, last and final sponsor. Last and final. Next and final. Next and these last guys, and I final. I dig these guys, though. I tell you, I dig them. HelloFresh. HelloFresh is our new sponsor. At HelloFresh, they want to change the way people eat forever. They believe everyone deserves honest, natural, delicious, healthy food. We celebrate fresh ingredients and making magic in the kitchen. We know there's a chef in everyone, Jeffrey. We think food brings people together. (laughs) Good food allows us to live long. Great food allows us to enjoy every bite of life. What? What were you going to say? No, nothing. No, okay. nothing. I just We're yeah. learning and growing every day. We never give up. We strive to make people happy. That's why we started the HelloFresh movement. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, whether you're a busy, busy professional couple, large family that runs at breakneck pace, or someone who simply wants to start cooking more, HelloFresh makes it easier, tastier, and healthier than ever to enjoy the experience of cooking new recipes and eating together at home. From creating recipes and planning meals to grocery shopping and even delivering all of the pre-measured ingredients, HelloFresh delivers right to your door so you can skip the trip. Uh, they offer three custom 
uh, uh, offer customers a classic box or a veggie box, and they'll be launching a family box soon. Uh, uh, customers can order three, four, or five different meals per week designed for either two or four people. New recipes are created every single week. Uh, HelloFresh is the meal kit delivery service that makes cooking fun, easy, and convenient. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes for everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks short on time. HelloFresh sources the fresh... I like that. Seasoned home cooks. But um, that's copy. That's copywriting gold right there. Um, HelloFresh sources the freshest ingredients measured in exact quantities needed so there's no food waste. They employ full-time registered dietitian on staff who reviews each recipe to ensure that it's nutritionally balanced. And all all delivered right to your doorstep in a special insulated box for free. And uh, I have made three meals, uh, HelloFresh meals, in the last week. Uh, what do we have? We had the the beef and broccoli stir fry thing, right? right. Uh, the 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 uh, mozzarella or the the cheese like encrusted with panko. Uh, right. uh, the chicken. Yeah, sure. Which was delicious. Uh, and and uh, shoot, what was oh the shrimp one. Yeah, the yep. shrimp was good too. Uh, I, you know, it's interesting. I learned something, and I, I'm I'm a pretty decent cook. What was really great about these recipes is that I learned how to do things. I never cooked with the noodles that the stir fry came with, right? And but it was easy. It was just like, okay, well, you know, saute them a little bit, and then put some water in and cover it, and they'll just cook in the in the in the dish, not like noodles you get from say, you know, Italian noodles, sort of like Western noodles. Uh, so that was kind of cool. And I was like, okay, I'm going to buy some of those noodles and use them in my own stuff on top of the stuff that they send me, you know? Uh, right. So that was kind of exciting. Uh, definitely stuff that I would not normally make and 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 stretched me and gave me a little cooking knowledge in the, in the, in, in the process. I, uh, I am a fan of the Akasoba noodles. Oh, you use those all the time, huh? Uh, there's a place called uh, Milakai that's, that's mm-hmm. right around the corner from the house. And it's one of their items that, that you can you can get rice noodles or the yakisoba noodles and i always get the yakisoba ones they're, yeah they're really really good they're really good and they they keep better from day to day like if you're gonna if you're gonna you know get you're a gonna dish cook and them you and want, then reheat them you mean yes the okay. rice noodles tend to get mushy or they break apart but the, well, they're made the, out of rice after all yeah the yakisoba noodles they they hold up better uh next day uh so for a free $35 off your first week of deliveries, visit HelloFresh.com and enter the code PICTURES when you subscribe, and uh, you'll get 35 bucks off. And you should try HelloFresh today. We thank them there very it. much for their support of On Taking Pictures Do at 5x5. Go order right now. HelloFresh. <laughs> HelloFresh. I wonder if that's how they uh, answer the phone. HelloFresh. Like, Hello, like, Fresh. Like, like Hello, Newman. Fresh. Hello, Fresh. Hello, Fresh. Fresh. <laughs> That's <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, and uh, all right, you, you, uh, let's go to the group. You know, I have no assignment. I, I, I've been, like I said, I've been sick. I haven't been thinking about well, it. Well, how about how about how how about something to do with you being sick? How about like bedridden? Oh, great. <laughs> Vomit. All right, that's the assignment. No, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't throw up. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking something like uh, you know, no, not, not, or, or in bed. That could be kind of fun. Oh. Or no. dangerous? Yeah. Are you now going to yeah. claim that I'm obsessed Freddie with Clark sex? Freddie is a listener, after all. That's true. He uh, is. Think think about it. Let's, let's 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 go to the group. Hey, John Dilworth, a super shot of Louis Mendez. I saw that. Very very cool. That's the guy, right? Yeah, it is. That's the guy. Took my picture. 
Took your breath uh, away. Winslow. I dig those PF flyers. Those are cool looking. Yeah, yeah. You uh, uh those are right up your alley. You used to have Absolutely those. they are. Yeah. Uh, I can't wear things on my you, you you like boots. You like things on your ankle, huh? I love boots. Oh god, things yeah, on my ankle love makes me want to like rip them off. Uh Mario, love that perspective looking down that. That's great. Great, 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 great. Um, Andrew Shields. Nice. Dennis Skyim's uh, picture from up top is That's really cool. Yeah. Where the hell with did the, he get the, that? Yeah. Is that a drone shot, Dennis? What's how did you get that? Or did are he you, climb one of those towers pilot? like one of those crazy Russian kids? Yeah. How'd you get that? I hate those Russian kids. They make me so nervous. Uh Tim Timoteo. Man, I love that bus. Oh, cute VW bus. Have you ever driven um, one of those? I I did. Yeah, I have. My friend Mark used to uh have two. And uh yeah, so I drove his all the time. What uh, what is it like? Is it actually easy to drive or does it just feel weird like you're too close to the wheels? No, it feels it feels cool. I mean, it's different because you're you're you know, you're basically sitting on top of the the front axle. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, know, so you're moving around the front of the car with the car, which is, it's just a very strange perspective. Um, not a lot of acceleration. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> he, he, yeah. He used to have a sticker on the back of his that said like zero to 55 in 11 minutes. Cute. Yeah. Uh, but they're neat cars. I, I dig. I wonder if anybody's ever cars. souped one up to put a bigger engine in it. Must have. Right. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, bowling alley decor. Tim, Tim, Mateos. My, Tim's ki- killing it. Yeah. Uh, and ugh. Fuego. Uh, Robert uh, Gruber, nice, Matt, worn out, Get, going a little David Carson. Matthew Stodden's picture is uh, terrifying. Wait, what is it? Uh, the Max the Nex, oh, I like that sofa. Yeah, ooh, ooh, oh yeah, Math, oh man, oof, oof. next. Uh, oh, guy, <laughs> I like Matthew Stodden's thing where it's like a wedding ring on divorce papers. Nice, worn out. I'm done. <laughs> That all I can stand, I can't stands no more. You can't stand some more. Uh, wait, did we talk about? Yeah, Max next picture of that crazy couch is cool. Yeah, good you stuff. Rid, you got rid of it on your way from California. Uh, <laughs> I think I drove past that. <laughs> um, all right, so we need we need something. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. All all you, my head's a blur. <laughs> I like when you when you when you leave it to me at the last minute. Yeah, uh, I'm like that. I'm a giver like that. How about how about in your head? In your head? Yeah, could go all different kinds of ways. It's just in your head, man. Yeah. Uh, covert. Covert. Oh, I like covert. We haven't done that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Sure. Covert. 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 It's good. All right, covert is is the the hashtag. Have some fun with that. And Dark also beans. the uh, the password of the week. The pass. Oh right, <laughs> the password is covert. covert. <laughs> uh, photographer of the week it was sent in to us, and I forgot who sent it in, so I apologize. Uh, Chuck Stewart. Chuck uh, Stewart uh, was an American uh, photographer. Portrait photographer, but is really known for having shot over 2,000 album covers, mostly jazz, Louis Armstrong, Count Basie, Coltrane, Ella, Miles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, interestingly enough, one of the links that I put up there, Jeffrey, you'll see uh, the Daily Beast link. Yep. uh, Has a bunch of the album covers that he worked on 
some crazy look at the color in a lot of oh, these yeah. color wow. images oh these are like the old impulse records okay wow these are great yeah uh, he shot all kinds of crazy weird stuff. I there, there's a picture in here. Where's the one that really gets me? Uh, the uh, that one, Karma Pharaoh Sanders. Wow. Yeah. Or the one right above that, the Elvin Jones and, and Richard Davis one, where they're smoking it's and it's just like lit, all crazy. Yeah. Uh, so I'm gonna put I'll put a link to show notes to that. Uh, it's it, I was reading all about this guy last night. All these like little interviews and his obituary and whatnot. And apparently, like he was a hell of a guy who did not hold back his words, you know what I mean? Spoke his mind and that kind of stuff. Good for and, him. And over the years was very taken in by the jazz community and they trusted him apparently and would sort of let them in their inner sanctum. And he was like one of the guys that people, you know, he was allowed okay. to stay See, around. Yeah, It goes back to Sousa, trust. Yep, absolutely. And apparently that's a lot of the reason why he is, he is known and remembered is because he was the guy who could be in the room. In fact, apparently he had a bunch of stuff from uh, 72 pictures from the love Supreme sessions that went undeveloped for 50 years. And uh, Man, these are great. This New yeah. York times piece with you've got Coltrane, that picture of Coltrane is ridiculous. And yeah. that picture of Bill Evans with the angle of the, of the top of the piano. It's so good. Um, Apparently, oh, it, it, also, I put in an all music link, Jeffrey. Look, click the all music link and scroll down to see how much stuff he shot the photography for, how many records. It goes on forever. It just goes on and oh, on wow. and on. Yeah, it's out of yeah. control. Wow, all the way great. up to, you know, 2016, which is an Errol Gardner record, but but probably, you know, obviously an old picture. But uh, very, very, great very cool. Great kit. Yeah, in one the of these Bill articles one, too, they classic. said that he, uh, for a while they tried to bring him in to do, um, uh, some advertising stuff. And basically he said, uh, you got, it became a racial thing. Like they didn't want him. And then he was like, yeah, screw that. You know, that kind of thing. Right. So got his stuff from Harlem and the Bronx in the fifties. It's just his street photos up there. Just phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, the guy just was beautiful. Wow. The guy was a monster. Wow, wow, wow. And, and, and it's just, uh, it's, this is, he's the kind of photographer too, where if you were a jazz fan, you may have a bunch of those records and never realize the, sure. the, the line that goes between them, you know, is yeah. the guy who yeah, shot yeah, yeah. the picture. And a lot of times photographers end up in that kind of role. Like you and I will look at a Dan Winters picture and know that it's a Dan Winters picture, but the average person won't. You know, right. and, and you and I will see a Dan Winters picture on the cover of a, a a book and then on the cover of a record and then on the cover of a magazine or inside the magazine. And we'll all look at them and go, oh, look, a Dan Winters picture. But right. people are right. not normal. People are not going to notice that. But it's kind of nice when you can when you can look and see how much work somebody has done that has affected so many other people's work. Uh, it's sort of a ancillary collaboration kind of thing. You know, it's like, sure. yeah, they were yeah, working sure. on the record, but obviously they weren't in the studio recording, you know. Yeah, I mean, and you, you, you know, you've got the the, on, he's on the one side of it. Then you've got like people like Reed Miles, the the graphic designer yep. who famously did the Blue Note stuff. On the other side, where, right. you know, you 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 see just cover after cover after cover after cover after cover, and and these people's work help define the visual style of an entire sort of genre of music. Oh, I, I love that Reed Miles stuff. Yeah. Like love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love uh, it. What what style would you say that that design is? Because it's because I, I mean even within 
within his body of work. If, uh, guys, I mean, if it's very Google... grid modernist based, but at the same time, he starts just like rotating things and making it kind of, uh, you know, quirky on purpose. Yeah. You know? I mean, in, even within his own work, he was, he was playing with typography. He was playing with layout. He was, he was playing with breaking down that grid. Yeah. I put a great uh, uh, link in the show notes. Uh, I'll, I'll show you. I'll just uh, Skype it to you just so you can see what I'm talking about. Uh, a bunch of Reed Miles covers. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah, actually, he, I was just looking at that. That's funny. Okay. Uh, great. I mean, oh God, what great covers and, and, yeah. and great photography. And probably half of these were, uh, <laughs> were, were, were shot by Chuck if we looked them up, you know? Right. Um, right. so yeah, go check that out. Yeah. Uh, that, that hub, Freddie Hubbard and the hub tones picture. That's a, that's a great cover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now we're going to yeah, go start stuff. doing some jazz stuff. Uh, anything else? All right, gang. Uh, hopefully I'll be a little better next week. <laughs> it's been rough. Time this is the sickest tell. I've been in a decade. It's because you didn't just... get your uh, flu shot. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what it is. Hey, you it's never know. CIA, Maybe it is man. the flu. It's the CIA. They want me, they want me, you know, out of the picture. I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we will uh, talk to you next week. If you want to get a hold of us, 347-687-9411 to leave a voicemail, uh, podcast and on taking pictures, uh, uh, dot com. Uh, let's see. Uh, at Bill Wadman, at Jeffrey Sedoris, at Wadman365. Got anything else? No. Okay. No, it's, it's, you know, the, the, it's getting weird out there. Just look out for each other. Yep. Just, just be all good you can do is be a good person in your day to day life. It's like, I mean, yeah. that's, that's the base of everything. Yeah. So hopefully we will, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah. Hopefully we'll still. Yeah. Uh, uh see have you on the flip weekend. side, Jeffrey. Going on and on the way we are for so
Give me some more loving.